Your new favorite country music festival is here and right in your backyard. The Country Fair is bringing Zach Bryan, John Party, Chris Young, and more to the fairgrounds at Chesterfield Amphitheater. May 19th through the 21st, 2022. Grab your friends and slide on your cowboy boots for a three-day festival experience. Packed with country music's hottest stars. Some of St. Louis's most popular eats and drinks. A free carnival with all your favorite rides upon festival entry. An authentic honky-tonk with live music, dancing, mechanical bull riding, and so much more. Kids under 12 free. Get your single-day ticket starting at 20 bucks or three-day passes now at ChesterfieldCountryFair.com. Hey everybody, Shane Presley here, Rock Paper Podcast. Thank you for checking out another episode of the show. Today's features uh, engineer, producer, singer-songwriter, guitar player, uh, the guy does it all, Gerald Dusick of Dungeon Studios in Collinsville, Illinois. He had a whole lot of fun hanging out at his uh, new recording studio, talking about everything he's been up to talking about some of his brand new music he just released and uh it's just a great day great hang i uh, hope you enjoy this one i do want to remind you as always rock paper podcast is brought to you by roughneck beard company and american rambler located here in st louis missouri over in the maplewood area stop in and visit them or shop 24 7 at roughneckbeardcompany.com And use my code RPP15 during checkout for an exclusive 15% off your purchase. Including all your favorite beard oils, beard balms, their junk powder, uh, any of their uh, wonderful grooming products over there. Anything to take care of that beard or mustache of yours. Uh, You know, Roughneck Beard Company is proud to present a brand new beard oil blend called Comeback Kid. Spring is upon us and the world is rebirth. The pandemic seems to be winding down and life is beginning to resume. Try our brand new invigorating blend of lemon, peppermint, black pepper, rosemary, and lang lang. It's the perfect blend to bring us all back to life. Comeback Kid is now available at roughneckbeardcompany.com. And again, use that code RPP15 during checkout. Also, big thank you to my friends at Friendship Brewing Company in Wentzville, Missouri. Stop in and visit them for all your craft beer needs. Over 25 rotating taps over there. And a full kitchen of made up, you know, they got all kinds of delicious food. Burgers, nachos, flatbread pizzas, pretzels, salads, all kinds of uh, tasty things over there. So come on by. Uh, for some dinner or some lunch, grab a cold beverage and uh, check it all out at Friendship Brewing Company in Wentzville, Missouri. Uh, great live music all the time out there. Also, April 15th, you can catch First Things First there at 7 o'clock. And on uh, Saturday the 16th, you can see Buddy E. And on Easter Sunday, they're doing an adult Easter egg hunt there. on uh, That's April 17th. So come on out. You can find the full listing of uh, events, their um, menu, their beer menu, the food menu, 
all that, everything is at friendshipbrewingcompany.com. And be sure to follow along with them on Facebook and Instagram also to keep up to date. And uh, tell them Shane sent you. If you need me, you can find me at rockpaperpodcast.com. Feel free to hit me up on the socials. Email me at rockpaperpodcast at gmail.com. I would love to hear from you guys. And uh, with that out of the way, sit back, relax, and enjoy this brand new episode with my friend, Gerald Dusick. Um, the podcast is kind of like a, it's like a radio show that's not on the radio. It's on, it's on the internet. Does that make sense? Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> That's also like my mom. Uh, it makes it sound more confusing, doesn't it? Uh, it sounds like this. Hi, this is Gerald Dusek with Dungeon Studios in Collinsville, Illinois, and you're listening to Rock Paper Podcast. Rock Paper Podcast. This is beat paper, paper covers rock. Rock beats is the shame covers nonstop. Never know what new kind of guests that he's got coming at you. Live and direct on the spot could be rock, folk, country, or hip-hop, jazz. Kind of folks that he has could be an artist or a comedian to make you laugh on the double deck of fudge round rolling round town. Shane coming at you live and direct from ground zero. He's your hero, he's your bestie. Rock paper podcast with Shane Presley. Hey everybody, Shane Presley here, Rock Paper Podcast, coming to you from St. Louis, Missouri, hanging out at uh, Dungeon Studios with Gerald Dusick. Yep. Welcome back to the show, man. Welcome to the Dungeon. Yeah, this is uh, this is cool. This is uh, my first time here at the, the new spot, so yeah. uh, I'm excited to be here with you today, checking it all out. And- Brand new. Yeah, man. Still has that hopefully new cart smell new, new. with a, just a hint of must, <laughs> yeah. I guess. I don't know, a healthy amount of must. Yeah, we've had we've had some sweaty dudes in here, sure already, which is good. We need more sweaty dudes in here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what uh, a way to start it off. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, man. What? Uh, so we're in uh, Collinsville, mm-hmm. uh, where the studio's at, and. Uh, I think the last time we hung out was at your your home, and uh, we had a, a young man by the name of Justin yep. uh, Coretta that sat in with us, and <clears throat> and we had a lot of fun that day eating some uh, Lion's Choice. And uh, I forgot about the Lion's Choice. Yeah, you can never forget about Lion's Holy Choice. Holy hell! I forgot about the Lion's Choice. Yeah. Right. I had some uh, sandwiches and played some tunes, and it was a fun uh, little night. Yeah, definitely. Uh, but uh, since then, you know, that was. Uh, and we'll get into some of it, but uh, that was, you know, talking about your 2019 Rivers EP that's uh, out there. But since then, you really kind of ramped up this uh, recording and stuff, and which is now why we have a studio. And yep. so I thought it would be cool to really deep dive into that world that you, uh, you're a part of. So, Yeah, uh, that the first time we hung out in the basement, that was Studio V1. All right. I think everyone has a Studio V1 and starts in their basement. This is Studio V2 um, of hopefully many updates, yeah. versions. I don't know. Um, yeah, I don't know. We kind of hit a point where, because my wife, she's a very creative person. She's one of the most creative people I know. And she had her creative endeavors, 
you know, I had been talking about doing something like this for years. Um, and I didn't, neither one of us wanted to be those people who just talked about it for the rest of their lives right. and didn't do anything. And it really takes the littlest bit of effort just to get started, you know? And a lot of people think that they, um, just to get started is the most daunting thing in the world. Getting started is not the daunting part. You don't really know how daunting something is truly until you kind of look back on what you went through. You know, it's because other, otherwise you you don't really know what's ahead of you. So you should really just concentrate on getting started. And we ultimately just kind of decided, let's just start it. We had a, a kind of an opportunity come our way. And um, we went into this with like zero expectations of high success i don't know we and i'm still kind of there like we kind of went into this knowing we had nothing to lose we got great day jobs um not worried about that at all um but we didn't want to find ourselves five eight ten years down the road and we hadn't done anything right because, you know, at that age, you know, pushing into our 40s and it's just – I feel like it gets more difficult to do anything yeah. like this. I don't know. Maybe not, but that's kind of how we felt and we kind of just said, fuck it, just do it. Sure. Just well, I mean, well, that's the thing. Like you you start making everything an excuse. It becomes, all, uh, you know, well, when we have more money or when we have this or that yep. or uh, – well, then all of a sudden, no, now we have uh, our uh, a child, a second child, whatever. You yep. know, and it's like – you keep finding things that keeps pushing uh, your dreams away, and like you know, it's like you're you're gonna keep making deals with yourself right. and like uh, uh, giving value to reasons that don't exist. Really, it's it's like you're kind of like subconsciously trying to make yourself feel better with your own regrets. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. If it... I like uh, I like to think about like. Uh... There's a great line from uh, Mitch Hedberg uh, when yeah. he's talking about, um, uh, inter- I think, it was, um, like in, in job interviews, like, what, where do you see yourself in five years? He's like, celebrating the fifth anniversary of you asking me this question. You know, and like, so <laughs> yeah. it's that kind of thing. It's like, you know, let's yeah. just get started and then we'll be thinking about this five years later. We'll be like, yeah, man, you know, yeah. we're five years in, not five years of thinking about what if we started, you know, that five years ago. So, yeah. and it's been, uh, we went through like a, and she has a great store next to me. Just uh, it's Lou Bell and Bing. You can find her on uh, social media. Um, she has a great little store. So she really wanted to do her thing, and we had about a it was about a four month build out process uh, where we were just gathering materials, building the thing out, um, designing, um, procuring equipment. And uh, I think we finally opened up in August. She had a grand opening. I think it was in August. Um, and me right around the same time. I had to jump through some hoops with the city of Collinsville, which was actually pretty cool. Met some really great people and uh, learned a lot in a very short amount of time. Um, city stuff. Yeah, you know, I've always heard like owning a small business that um, dealing with like licenses and like your your, your local – township and like the different laws they have in place it could be pretty involved and it certainly it certainly was i had to have the whole property uh re um 
no, what's it called? Rezoned. I had to have the, the entire property rezoned to support a recording studio. It was like motion picture and sound recording, hmm. which is kind of interesting. Uh, this was a commercial space technically, so I had to like present in front of the entire zoning committee of Collinsville one night and like tell them what our plan was here. Yeah. Which was a great opportunity for me and kind of my inner circle of the people who were involved with this just to kind of really lay out our intentions, even for ourselves. It just kind of made us to really line it out kind of deal. So that was a pretty cool experience. And um, we could not be happier with the decision to move forward with all of this. And uh, it's been a fucking adventure, but it's been it's been pretty cool. Yeah, man. It's been a lot of fun, and we've made this happen with like a uh, super close knit group of people um, who just were. They not only did they want to be involved, they were like just at the drop of a hat willing to jump in here and do stuff i had al stuffing this wall with soundproofing like and i, I mean like for a day uh just stuff like that it was dirty shit it wasn't fun right, right kind of deal but i feel like that's when you know having a close knit group of friends like that that's when it really kind of shows the value of those relationships and uh I don't know, man. It was it was a cool experience. I'm gonna yeah. look back on if we shut down tomorrow. Like, this has been like the coolest year I've ever had, and I think my wife would say the same thing. It's been a lot of fun. Yeah, nice, man. Yeah, it's good to have those buddies that you can call on like that to drop everything and be there for you. Yeah, uh, and you know, we come from. Uh, Al and I were a part of a studio in Maryville for a couple of years. Um, in like 2015, I think it was, um, one of our buddies, he opened up a studio in Maryville and, uh, it, so it just kind of, it was, it, it was a big space and it just kind of showed us the do's and don'ts of operating a studio, designing a studio. It starts with designing it. Right. Um, you have to kind of establish a, um, like a, a a mission statement. Like, yeah, you want a recording studio, but what is your recording studio? What's the mission statement of your recording studio? Like, what are you going to be tailored to? If you mm. open up just a big space and you don't really have that kind of, sh that idea of what kind of space you're going to have sharpened down, you know? And here, I just really wanted to design a, uh, I used the word a ton, uh, was streamlined. I just wanted some, because I don't have much space here. I just wanted something streamlined and it made sense. Nothing was weird kind of deal. I mean, we're sitting on a fold down table. That's a little weird, but you know, I didn't have much space. Yeah. But, uh, it turned out pretty cool. Yeah, for sure. I, I, I mean, that's like, uh, it's perfect for this little space. You know, yeah. you, you can make the most out of this room and have it easily, uh, make it a lot more functional. Yeah. So, yeah, I think so. It's, it turned out pretty cool. We've packed a lot of functionality into this little room yeah i've been watching the, every now and then like catch them i don't get to watch a lot of tv but uh you watch those like um tiny helms shows yeah. and stuff and like and yeah and it's like man that's some like pretty good uh yeah ingenuity trying to come up with some of these ideas to make this little bitty space work and yeah i i'm a big fan of um just clever design right um not really trying to 
fit a square peg into a round hole. I think Elon Musk says, I'm a big SpaceX fan, and he famously says, uh, the best part is no part. So I didn't want to like just cram a bunch of shit in here. And I, I wanted to be clever about how I did it. And uh, luckily, Jeremy, my buddy Jeremy, he's like a professional woodworker. So, I mean, we came up with this table design and he had it done in like a day. So, I mean, it, we just had kind of the right cast of characters to kind of make this all happen the way it did. Um, yeah, man. In the right lines of work. Um, so, but yeah, it's the tiny home is kind of a good comparison. I mean, we can comfortably fit. I tailored this space to like four musicians. It would be kind of crammed, but you could probably fit four musicians in here and relatively comfortably, I guess, right. and with a tinier drum set. But I mean, for like just single, like multi tracking, like you can fit a, you know, a pretty big drum set in here with a full, fully mic kit. And um, so it's, it, I think it's pretty versatile. It's not a gigantic, um, orchestral live room right my you know i don't know but it's pretty functional and we've made some pretty pretty good recordings out of here yeah i'm pretty excited about it yeah man and uh well we're actually uh using it right now uh you said along with bands coming in and uh, artists uh that you're also doing more uh podcasting you got a couple of regulars that come in here every week to record with you and yep uh, so you, the this table that we're talking about functions as the podcast table, and that's where we're, we're sitting at right now. And uh, so if you like the way this sounds, uh, yeah. you can come on over. And that's Cabernet Red, by yeah. the way. Cabernet Red. This was a lot of fun to make. Yeah. Uh, this thing weighs about, I think the tabletop weighs about 100 pounds. And it's like three inches. Eh, it's about three inches, I would say, of this epoxy shit. When it dries... It weighs a ton. Yeah. Uh, and you had to do it in different layers. Um, so that's how you could get like the uh, like the shadows and stuff like that. Right. But anyway, I wanted the table. So my whole idea was I wanted this room. I, I wanted a bunch of like dark neutral colors. And I liked the idea of having like a dark charcoal-y wood, which is the wood wall in the back. And then when we had the idea for the table... I wanted the tabletop, when you dropped it down, I wanted like it to be like, I wanted some kind of color that popped. Like, so when you pulled this down, you were like, holy shit, that's badass kind of deal. <laughs> and we landed on this like red and um, I really kind of like, we ended up with, with like a black, brown and red kind of thing in here, which I think is kind of cool. I yeah. think it turned out kind of neat. Um, well, and I feel like those colors are all... If you think of a dungeon, uh, yeah, black, brown, blood, and, <laughs> and shit, and um, yeah, uh, I've been calling it like dungeon red. I just got a brand new microphone that's like the exact same color of this, which is pretty right. cool. Um, but uh, yeah, I think I think it turned out kind of cool. Again, I kind of wanted it dark a little bit. Is that where I mean, did dungeon come uh, first, or or is that dungeon after? came first? So. Yeah. I've been I've had the idea of owning a studio called Dungeon Studios since like 2008, and it started with the idea. This is back when I was in bands. I was in that band up there, and I was spending every single night in basements, like dark basements, recording and tracking music. And eventually, I started calling it like my dungeon. Like I was in a dungeon, right. like recording music just by myself every single night, all night long. I was up all night and 
it kind of the word dungeon just came up in my head. So since like 2008, I've had the idea of like dungeon studios. Yeah. So, so this has been uh, the dream for a long time. Oh right? yeah. 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 So that uh, you're talking uh, the new translation and the yep. city Avenue days, you've recorded all that or you, you worked on recording some of those things. Uh, like yeah. De- none demo? of we, we were in studios for both of those, but as far as like tracking well, demos, like, yeah, demos at least. And yeah. 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 We were, uh, we did a lot of tracking in Jeremy's basement out in Highland and Owl's basement. Um, he was living in Collinsville uh, for both bands, really. And then um, those were really two the two houses where we spent the most time, I think, recording music. And then my house a little bit. But for the most part, we were always either rehearsing at Jeremy's house or at Al's house. So I was locked in other people's basements, <laughs> right. which yeah. is kind of weird to think about. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. That's cool, man. Cause like, uh, to, to just, uh, it's inspiring, uh, for me because like a lot of what you're saying and things are, are ideas that, uh, I've had myself. Um, yeah. I don't know about fully going into business, but, um, but I think about like, I'm, so I'm, I'm right now I'm uh, in the early stages of building a new home yeah. and, uh, and I have this idea, like uh, building out my basement for like a studio, like Sweet. something like what we're sitting in, and uh, to to do the podcast. But you know, maybe you know, and I also have like more of a you know space where I can do some things like having bands come in and play cool. live or whatever. You know, like, oh cool. I don't know. Just these, I I have ideas. Like yeah. it's just a matter of time, money, and everything else. Uh, but uh, also when I. A big part of that I'd like to incorporate was also having uh, – I'd like to start doing, like, house concert kind of stuff. And I think that would be uh, – uh, you know, just uh, – if, if I had the room, I'm you know, I think it would be neat to invite artists to come over, you know, like if they're touring through and they can have a place to stay the night at my house. And That'd be cool. Give them a meal and, you know, shower and get back on the road. and I don't know. It's Again, it's just the whole idea of just starting on right. it. Yeah, it's so, not going to happen all at once, kind of deal, like, you know. Sure. Well, I mean, I feel like that's all, badass. Shane. I feel like all this is like leading up to that. So, like, it's yeah. a, you know, it's it's definitely and just like you, I mean, like, it didn't start with the studio. You it was years in bands. It was yep. networking through the community and stuff. You had to meet all these right people to help get you to this point today. Yep. Uh, so uh, you know, you, you like I said, you learn from either the basement recordings or to the time in, the, in your friend's studio yep. and all these little things. You learn tricks from everybody, and then until you can finally make it your own. But and uh, so anyway, like that's where I'm kind of at now. I feel like I'm finally at that point where like it makes sense to like try to take it to the next level yeah. and do something with it. And like so, I don't know. Uh, you know, right now it's still just an idea, but that's what I, I think it'd be fun to take the podcast up to the next level and yeah. like, and put some um, some more production into it. And I think the other thing too is to, and this is something I don't think most, not most, but a lot of people aren't able to do, is just recognize opportunities uh, when they come their way, but also recognize opportunities that you can kind of glue certain goals to. Like if you're building this house, yeah, explore that opportunity. Mm-hmm. Like, see where that leads. And again, if it doesn't lead, if you leave a little bit, like a healthy margin of, if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. Right. Like, you know, kind of deal. Like, that's what we did here. And 
maybe it's a little pessimistic, but I I think it kind of made the experience a little bit more tolerable sounds like a bad word, but just like, I don't know. It left a little more room for like, I don't fuck it. Let's do this. Like kind of deal. Like, and a lot of times that can lead to really kind of creative, uh, roads Mm -hmm. that you didn't expect to go down. Right. I don't know. Yeah. I love, that's, uh, uh, really the, uh, the gist of this whole thing. Like I've learned to, uh, just say yes to a lot of stuff. Yeah. Um, because I, I don't know where it's going to take me, you know, it might be, might be awesome. You know, it's like, yeah. uh, so I, I learned, uh, just, or, you know, even when I approached this show, like, I don't like to like prepare a whole lot. I mean, just like we did today, I like to rest, press and record and see what happens and yeah. kind of thing and see where the conversation takes us. And it's that same kind of mentality, like just being along for the ride, like see where this thing goes. And, uh, you know, if you, if you, if you spent all those years, like you said, uh, thinking about trying to make it perfect and, and then you're, you're already way behind. So I, uh, I recently just did a, um, Voyage STL reached out to my wife and I, and we did a couple of interviews for them, but they had a really great, um, they had a really great great question in there uh, about risk and how we approach risk as like artists and like small business owners and stuff like that. It was a really great question and I actually put a lot of thought into how to answer that and um, basically I I struggle a lot with taking risks. I mm-hmm. and that's kind of was part of the equation of opening up the, the studio and the store was um I feel like I haven't taken enough risks throughout my life. I think I've played it pretty safe uh, compared to some other people. And uh, what is it? Fortune favors the brave kind of deal. That popped into my mind as I was answering it. But I think that's totally true. And if you're not willing to take a little bit of risk, which I really haven't throughout my like adult life. Right. This was my big yes. This was my big yes. Um, you mentioned like how you've been saying yes to everything. I struggle with that, mm-hmm. and um, I wish I didn't as much. Because, you know, we were talking. It kind of led me down the path of like saying like, uh, you know, like I said before, we have great day jobs, and like we could totally just go down and like be fine and like be happy. Um, but you would just have the weight of those what ifs mm-hmm. kind of on your shoulder i know that sounds like a cliche but like it's so true like right. there's a reason they're cliches i know yeah, right. like um and yeah. i i just didn't want to i feel like i could have done a lot more um had i been just a little bit more risky throughout like my 20s and stuff like that and i i think i had a pretty i had a full decade in my 20s no big regrets i just had you know some opportunities that who knows what would have happened if i would have done this kind of mm-hmm. deal and i feel like everyone has those types of moments but uh i don't know it's something i struggle with and when this came along i was like dude i i got it we got to do something like, yeah i didn't want to go into my 30s and end up in my 40s and not right. had taken some kind of risk calculated risk all right but yeah man well uh so Dungeon Studios, obviously, like I was saying, is up and going. Uh, if you want to come over here and record with Gerald, uh, we'll get you on the calendar. Yep. Uh, you can reach out through Facebook and Instagram. Yep. Um, and uh, 
what's the uh, what's the email? Email is dungeonrecordingco at gmail.com. There it is. It was the only one available. Yeah. <laughs> I had to put the co at the end. But uh, I say we uh, we share a little bit of some of your work. Uh, this was, uh, uh, we just released uh, a brand new single uh, that uh, will, like you said on the first, it'll be available yep. everywhere. Yep. Uh, and this is a, a cover, but uh, you definitely flip it and it sounds super cool, man. Uh, but this is uh, a uh, Phil Collins Easy lover, right? Philip Collins, yeah. Yep, that's both, right. Yep, and uh, but this is your take, and uh, you also uh, Justin uh, helped you with this, right? Uh, oh yeah, he recorded a badass guitar yeah. in the in, in the bridge, and he's kind of the same thing like Al. Al's the resident bass player. Um, Justin's kind of the resident soloer. <laughs> he he's a great uh, soloing. He's a great lead guitar player. Player, and I uh, I am. Very much so a rhythm player. I can chunk along and shit and power chord my way through, you know, most songs. But I, uh, he's he's a fantastic guitar player. And he came in one morning and just basically sat down and did that, which was badass. It, right. it turned out really, really cool. I was really happy with how this turned out. Yeah.
And all this uh, recorded at Dungeon, you said? Yep. Yeah. So. Yeah. This was the first song I personally put together uh, here in the studio. Nice, man. Very cool. Yeah. That, uh, yeah, it's, uh, again, uh, it's nice to have those friends that are specialized in some of those things where you can, like, hey, you're much better at this than I am. You, yeah. you do what you do. And, yeah, uh, we've, and, we've been able to compartmentalize our talents right. between one another. So yeah. it's worked out really nice. And it's actually, it's really nice that we just kind of struck this bottomless um, source of um, just creative energy years ago between us and the fact that we are still so in love with this process of making music still yeah. like not one of us really fell out of it which is incredible i mean that's like over the span of 15 years which is nuts like so having them still here and us all doing this kind of thing at this level i mean al's killing it justin he's killing it and um you know i got this going on so um it's just kind of it's kind of cool it's pretty yeah, neat yeah so where does uh the idea for releasing a cover tune uh come up where uh, where you is this one that you uh listen to quite a bit i guess or no was... i think it was kind of on a dare yeah i think justin actually dared me to do it <laughs> i think i think that's really how it turned out okay. and uh i was like i think my first words were give me 48 hours <laughs> and that didn't didn't turn out it took like it took me like 47 yeah <laughs> yeah it was like I don't know. It took me like six months of talking about it, and these cover songs are a ton of work. They they really are. Like when the rubber hits the road, um, one you gotta you gotta kind of decide what kind of genre you want it to be. Because really, covers you can send off in any direction you want them to go. Uh, but when I sat down and hear, it's a pretty technical song. Um, so it was a lot of work, but I'm I'm really happy with how it turned out. It turned out pretty cool. Yeah, man. Yeah, I, uh, like I said, it's just uh, I love that about a cover. Like, for uh, I don't know, everybody's got a different approach to it, but it's some people try to stay true, you yeah. know, and like and don't really want to put a ton of creative freedom on it. But yeah. uh, extra icing. But I love when uh, when people flip it. Like I love also like personally when I come to a sh- when I go to a show and then somebody like I don't really know that they do it and then all of a sudden I'm like listening to it I'm like hey wait a second I know this song yeah and then all that like the hook comes in and you're the big thing or whatever and it's like oh yeah you yeah know, like and so that's one of my favorite things when they like completely disguise the song where it's like nothing even or hardly original or you know close to the original um but uh I mean this is still has the but you know bones the structure of a of the song is just a little more a uh, little more pop rock in yeah, there. Yeah. Yep. I would um I think the drums are almost verbatim. Yeah. Um I recorded the drums. I just wanted just a more modern like cuz you listen back on that song. I mean they're pretty it's kind of stadium rocky a little yeah. bit but like super early. Right. Um so I really like the idea of taking that era of songs like the the ones that still have a little bit of that like uh, like tape kind of like fizziness and like dirtiness to them like where it still all kind of sounds like it was recorded in one take a little bit but then bringing that into a studio and then just like producing the hell out of it kind of deal i tastefully i i think that's just always kind of fun um but i think 
the way I do it, I really like to look at these songs and um, almost like tear them down and like figure out the most fundamental like um, flavors and ingredients. Whether like what what is the song? What what makes this song? Whether it's like the the percussion or like the guitar licks or um, I don't know. I try and boil it down and see what's kind of left there. What's still standing there if you boil all the water off. And that's where I kind of start. And then from there, you can kind of figure out what elements you want to keep and what you want to build on and stuff like that. And it becomes like this really cool, um, it becomes this really cool process of like tearing a building down and then building it back up again mm-hmm. almost using the same pieces but different in right. a way it's weird i don't know maybe that's not a good analogy but it's fun it does take a lot of work but it's a yeah. lot of fun i uh i don't know it was uh so i went to uh went to see justin wilman at uh the pageant he's a uh magician comedian uh, okay he does uh magic from he- magic for humans on uh, netflix i don't know if you ever i've heard of it yeah it's a great great series and he's in he's incredible at what he does actually he's from st louis also which really? uh is cool it was like a nice hometown show for him cool and, yeah um but guy's just been you know crushing it but he did this like really cool uh i don't know uh, it's kind of hard to explain because it's a visual yeah uh but he he took like uh there's like a frame, um, picture frame with like these like pieces, uh, you know, like, uh, they're all like random shapes yeah. that fit inside this box. And he's like, but if you put them one way, they don't fit in the box, but then all of a sudden he twin- turns them the, the different way. And then there was like a one piece that snaps in that makes it complete. And like, uh-huh. and it, it was this beautiful story about, uh, his family and his mother was that, you know, like that piece that completed the everything, put it in like, and, uh, anyway, it was just like, but it was really cool to see like the visual of like there's like there's no way that these are all going to fit in that box and then he turns everything and so that's what i thought of when you're like talking about breaking it down and rebuilding it back up uh you know it's like you know it's just cool to see it uh it's been one way forever and then Mm -hmm. now it's something the same pieces are still there it's just now it's yeah a whole new thing yeah no that's a great that's a great way of putting it and uh it's weird because you are using the same ingredients but you're not yeah uh I don't know. I, I don't really know how else to put it. It's, right. But it was cool though. Like I don't, I don't know if I. I'll see if I can find a video of, the, of Justin doing that segment. But uh, I went to one magic uh, show. This is a tangent, but right. I, I went to one magic show, and it was like, I went in. I was like, okay, let's go. I think I won them on the radio. My wife and I did. We went and we were like, let's just go to the magic show. Yeah. It was fucking awesome. It yeah. was so badass, yeah. and they did this. Uh, it was like a traveling group. So it was like different people who'd come out. They'd have like different personas and they would do their act and shit. And um, one of them was like this mind trick thing. But I know you see these videos online or like, and you kind of, when you're watching it online, you're like, oh, they just did this and this and this. But when you're like in there with like a thousand other people or whatever it is, and they're doing this thing, like yeah. it's kind of, in, in the moment, it's mind blowing. It was pretty cool. He, anyway, he was doing a, a similar uh, mind thing where he was like, uh, it's not it wasn't like a fully, um, but like he has a memory to uh, of like all these like uh, like state capitals and all whatever all this information like yeah. And people were like saying, oh no, it was zip codes. That's what it was. Okay, it was numbers. Uh, so he would say like 
uh, so people would just start saying out their their city where they're from, yeah. and he would immediately tell you what your zip code was, and it was like, I don't. How, how does that work? Though? All right, yeah, that's what. Uh, so, it, and but he like he said there is like a a pattern like across the country, I guess for zip code wise, uh, but still like to remember those numbers in that order, like I don't know, and I don't. I, who knows if he was really right every time, but people were like, yep, that's it, you know, and like, but it was it was. I mean, if it, it, any of it was true, like, it was pretty impressive. Like, it was something like that, too. Like, yeah. in the moment, it was like, dude, how how the fuck? Right, yeah. How, there, like, there's no, like, I'm the kind of guy who, like, anytime I start a series, uh, like, at home, I watch the, it pisses my wife off so much. I watch the last episode, like, it's the same thing with I when I was reading books, like back in the day, I don't read books anymore. <laughs> but I'd read the very beginning of the story and I'd read the very end of the story. It's because I like knowing the path ahead of time. I kind of like the journey in between and seeing how they do it. How do they get from here to here? So it, I kind of was thinking the same thing with the magic. It's like I... Like in that moment, I'm just really concentrating on like, okay, I'm just very calculative about like yeah. how he's getting from this, uh, the start of this to the ultimate like product. And some of these things, um, like the zip code thing, it's it's like something like that. It, it, sure. it doesn't make any sense right, how someone would be able to do that. There's no calculation. There's no like process that I can come up with that would describe or solve how they're doing that that it's pretty amazing i mean that's the thing like he does it all on the show and there's so many of them i'm like yeah how like what, how did you know how that is in i don't know the whole time i'm just like what yeah i, I guess i guess the point i was kind of trying to make because i feel like that was kind of messy was i i i'm almost more impressed like if i knew how they were doing it yeah i'd be more impressed with the fact that they designed something like that like how to get that information and how to shape it into like a magic trick. I'd be more impressed with that almost than like just, you know, being ignorant to it and like seeing it happen in front of me kind mm -hmm. of deal. I don't know. Right. But yeah. Anyway, check that it, was a tangent. Sorry. Check out Justin Wilman Magic for Humans if you, uh, if you get some time. It's uh, very – well, and that's the thing. Like it's not just the ma – I mean the magic's good, but the comedy – it's just as good too. Yeah. So it's it's really funny and entertaining. Was he on the Riz Show, maybe. I'm sure he. I'm sure he probably said he in might one, have been on the Riz Show when he came point. to town. Yeah, yeah I think he, uh, he's like, and he's done a bunch of podcasts and he's uh, Tonight Show and everything. Mean, oh wow, he's, he's done it all. Like okay, he's, he's a big deal. Let's uh, go to a magic show. Yeah, let's do it. You want to? All right, bye everybody. Bye. See ya. <laughs> uh, we both well, leaned out of the yeah, mics. Right. <laughs> Got to you know. It's all of it. Uh, it's all a show, yeah, Shane. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so uh, so Easy Lover uh, is uh, going to be available April first on all your digital platforms that we were talking about. Uh, <clears throat> but I want to kind of go back a little bit. Uh, once, like I said, the last uh, time we spoke was your uh, Rivers EP, which uh, was like your first. Uh, approach as a solo artist right like yeah that. for the most part i had yeah. some stuff in college but kind of like what you and i were talking about off air um and like rebranding 
and having like older stuff. Right. I. It's out there, but I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna tell you guys where to find it. <laughs> kind of deal. Like, yeah. I don't know. But yeah, that was uh, that was my first like, I don't know, serious endeavor with like, kind of knowing what I'm doing as far as like promoting and stuff like that. Because I didn't know how to promote when I was in the bands and stuff like that. I relied on other people that do that, um, and I'm still really bad at it. Um, but that was kind of. You're right. My first kind of entrance into like putting out like mm-hmm. a five, six, there might be seven songs on that. No, I think there's six. Six song EP by myself, but promoting it, doing all that. And uh, yeah. And then in 2021, you'd released uh, Creatures EP, which uh, yep. is out there also readily available everywhere. Um, but we wanted to highlight a track that uh you you kind of pushed as a the single for that which is called daydreaming uh just dreaming oh dream oh sorry no nope. Dream- nope. just nope. you're dream- good just yeah. dreaming it's kind of where i had a day from but i don't even know where i had to think about it yeah. <laughs> I was like, is it we're coming up on a year now and i didn't perform any of these songs live anywhere so I'm at the point now where what I kind of... Was there like a pandemic or something going on or what? There was a pandemic going oh, on. Oh, shit. Yeah, there was a yeah. pandemic. Um, so I put it out there and it's just kind of sitting out there. Yeah. But Because I had to think about when you said daydreaming, I was yeah. like, eh, daydreaming. Maybe, maybe, I like that song. Yeah. <laughs> that was a good one. <laughs> I just make up my own names. From, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So.
obviously a super weird time for anybody releasing music. But everybody, people kept trying it. Like I think, I think there was like that whole battle between like, do we put it out even though we can't perform it yeah. or on tour behind it or do any of this stuff? Yeah. Uh, but also people are home like and need something to listen to. So yeah, maybe they'll listen to it. You know. So it's like it was a weird, you know. Back and forth, the people. I feel like a lot of artists were debating on should we even do this or not. And I'm I'm gonna miss, and I hope they stick around. I personally really enjoyed them. Uh, those live stream concerts, yeah. like live in quotations, because I don't think any of them were actually live. But um, I you bought tickets to them, right? And um, I really don't know where they went after that. But I would think that if you bought tickets to them, that was like the one time you could view that performance. Uh, I, I think it depends on how you did it. I mean, I think there was different platforms and stuff. Some of my like paid platforms, yeah, I guess you can get back on. And... I think there's stuff that uh, I'm sure you can. Uh, but yeah, I think kind of a lot of them. That's kind of the, was the trick was like the one, one, one and done kind of thing. Like, yeah, we watched one of. I hope they stick around because I thought those were super cool. Because you could, you could come home and look forward. Oh, I got that the live concert Friday night, and you can make like snacks and we. My wife and I, we made a couple of awesome nights at home, like around these like live stream concerts. We did one of the Young the Giant, and then we did one of uh, which was really cool. And uh, Foo Fighters did one, mm-hmm. which is a terrible time to bring up the Foo Fighters. Yeah. God damn it! <laughs> yeah, but we did one of that, and it was awesome. It was badass. Um, I was uh, I was thinking about that. Today. I was gonna. I was since you uh, mentioned it, but I was like, we we are recording today. Uh, the day that uh, it was announced that Taylor had passed, and uh, which uh, man, I don't know, like it hit me hard. Like I, I'm not, I'm not, I don't know him. I've never even seen Foo Fighters live, but just like uh, you know, especially 50 years old, uh, he's a talented young man, and had like all this stuff, and it just like it was really, uh, really hit hard this morning. I was like, damn, I did not. Uh, it shouldn't have been him, right? Uh, I know it can be that can be said about anyone who passes away like that but taylor hawkins was like soaked in youth like just he was just such a youthful guy and he was i, I was t- talking to al and justin this morning about this like he was supposed to be cool forever like him and like like dave Grohl. i mean they were just supposed to ride off into the sunset like and just grow old and just be cool for the right. rest of their lives like um yeah, I'm not. I'm not an emotional guy when it comes to like celebrity deaths. Right. I'm just not that kind of guy. But when Chris Cornell passed, I woke up and I sat up in bed and I like yelled out loud. I was like, "What the fuck?" And so Chris Cornell was a big one for me. Mm-hmm. Um, he was supposed to play Point Fest that day. Right. I think it was. So I had been excited to go. See- Chris Cornell is like vocal, one of my like vocal idols, and I've been listening to him for years. But Taylor Hawkins, man, yeah, I've. I was really bummed. I found out last night, I guess it was like, what? It's like 9 o'clock, I think, when people really started sending tweets out and, you know, social media posts. He was supposed to play, I guess they were supposed to play in Columbia or whatever, something like that. And then, like, so there's a picture of, like, all the – they put candles all over the stage. and saw that. And uh, I was like – but yeah, man, it was was heavy, man. Like, I I fell asleep early last night uh, because I woke up early – and I just didn't go out. So I was like, so yeah. I was flooded with it this morning when I woke up and like the, you know, my whole Facebook feed was full of uh, yeah. people posting things. And I was like, geez, man, like, I, mean, I didn't, I don't know. Like, and it felt 
we felt good in a sense that pe- so many people, you know, even though we don't know them, but we were all connected through the music and we yeah. all like can share that. Uh, so those things are nice to see people uh, sharing different memories or, you know, stuff like that. And, uh, but no, I mean, it was, uh, it was pretty brutal. Man. It yeah, was like, it was. I mean, and it, it's, it really physically feels like a gut punch. Yeah. It was one of those moments where I got the text. It was my little brother who texted me and he doesn't, I don't know how he found out about it before I did, but he texted me and he said, drummer for Foo Fighters just died. And immediately didn't believe him. We got online and you almost literally feel like someone punching you in the gut in moments right. like that. And um, I don't know. It it just, sh- it shouldn't have been, it shouldn't have been him. Yeah. <laughs> like, Dude, that, that band, again, was just supposed to be cool forever. Mm-hmm. And was, I shared a good video of him uh, I guess it, they said it was his last performance with the band, uh, him doing a cover of uh, Queen's, uh, yeah. um, what's that? Uh, I think Somebody he, to Love. Yeah. yeah, that was it. Yeah. He was a Queen fanatic. Yeah. He like idolized Roger Taylor, and that's how he started playing drums. I read a quote today. like He, he had wanted to play stadium shows like Roger Taylor since he was like 10 years old. And um, I don't know, man. You just... He was one of those few people where, because a lot of times you could say you don't know what you got until it's gone, but I feel like someone like Taylor Hawkins and just like that whole Foo fight, Taylor Hawkins and Dave Grohl, the rest of the band, I love the rest of the band, but those two guys, like you did know what you have mm-hmm. and like you were so aware of what you had with those two that you were like, you, you just didn't want to believe that this could ever happen i don't know i never thought that same thing with dave grohl like, yeah. i don't think dave grohl's ever gonna die it's dave grohl right. like he's gonna go on forever and just like again just be cool the rest of his life and um i don't know that yeah. sucks and I, I like i don't know what this means for the foo fighters like i guess I can't imagine the Foo Fighters going on without Taylor Hawkins, especially mm-hmm. at 50, you know, I think Dave Grohl's even like 55 or something like that. Maybe not that old, but I don't know, dude. It was a yeah. bummer. Yeah. I think there's a, like, I felt the same kind of way um, with uh, when Dusty Hill from ZZ Top passed. I was like, yeah, I was like, I don't know that ZZ Top can survive without him. Like, yeah. it was, you know, be, especially... Uh, he's been a member of the band for 50 years. Like, you know, it's like those guys, those three have been doing it. And like, uh, but they uh, specifically, you know, chose to go on without him with their guitar tech uh, filling in, who also has a beard. Uh, But he's, he's been playing, you know, he's been, knows all these songs and, uh, but it was uh, Dusty's request. Like you guys got to keep going. Don't, you know, so, um, you know, how long has that been? Was it like six months? Yeah, it hadn't been long. Yeah, but I mean, like at least Dusty was aware, like he was coming, coming to an end, and he told those, you know, told the band to keep playing. But uh, that's what the, that's the story. But yeah, so I could see like that doing, you know, going on in his memory. Uh, but I don't know. It's uh, I think it's all case by case kind of thing. Like you know, just like, but and he's obviously a, a vital piece of that project, yeah. and like it's be uh, an impossible. Uh, seat to fill so that's uh, smi- i mean he was just famous for like his smile sure. he had like one of the best yeah. smiles in rock and roll i would say like dude he just every time he was playing drums he looked like 
it never went away. It just looked like he was living his dream every time right. he was playing right. drums, like on a big every stage. Every time like of his that. life up there, yeah. That, and that, even in that video, uh, you know, like um, Dave's like, I just, I mean, I watched this morning. Dave's like, this is the best fucking drummer with the best fucking singer, and all, and all <laughs> like, you know, and all stuff. And he's like, and he's like, you know, no, no. He's like, and then. And he gets up there and he sings and he's like, I got the you know best mm-hmm. fucking drummer. Like, you know, like, so, so he he turned the turned the tables on Dave and it like, was just so. a fucking like dynamic duo. Yeah. And um, who knows, man? It sucks. I'm glad he was around last year when they got inducted, yeah. and I'm glad he got to see that. Um, I just didn't see. No one ever sees it coming, but sure. man, I did not see that shit coming. Is Corn- Cornell, you said that's the the one, the other big one that kind of for me, you. yeah. Cornell, like losing Cornell, and for him to have gone gone out the way he did, it was like I don't, I don't know. It was yeah. like I didn't think, I didn't think people, I didn't think people really went to those places who are at that level of their career right this sounds dumb but like i just i don't know i know i guess he had i guess he had always had trouble which you listen to his lyrics now it's like fuck maybe he did like that's that's the one thing i noticed when you listen to those lyrics back and you think about man it's like oh shit it's all right there it is all right there (laughs) it's like i guess same thing with like chester bennington he was another one and i don't think i really i don't know had i been a little bit older Right. I think when Chester died, I think I was still kind of in like my, like I had my blinders on in most of my twenties, and like shit would go down, and I'd be like, "Oh, that happened." Yeah. Uh, what's next? Had I been a bit older when Chester died, I think that would have hit me a little bit harder. Um, sure. But uh, Chris Cornell, man, it was like I kind, I kind of feel like it's I just mean, random. I yeah. thought. I don't know. It's, it's a different world, obviously, but like I think about. Uh, uh, we also just lost uh, Scott Hall the other uh, the other day. Okay, yeah. Um, from uh, you know WWE WWF and yeah, I did hear about uh, that. all that. But he, uh, in, uh, obviously, his was a lot of alcohol and drug abuse, and yeah. you know, when his physical abuse from his own body from wrestling and stuff. But but I think is some is a similar kind of thing in a sense. Like these guys are literally larger than life characters, uh, wrestling and stuff. Yeah. Uh, and I think we look at rock stars the same way. Like these guys are these like superhuman characters. Untouchable. And, yeah. And like, you know, so it's the same kind of thing. Like we, but they're still just regular people. Regular. I would also, I would add that what made the Foo Fighters so um, popular was they seemed so down to earth yeah. at the same time. Sure. Uh, Dave uh, seems like one of the coolest that you'd ever, you know, just want to party with sometimes. And, and it's like even beyond, I don't know. I feel like a lot of people say that, but it's like, mm-hmm. it, it, it's kind of beyond a cliche now. It's just like, he's, he's reached, they've reached a level in their career. Uh-huh. Like again, they were going to go down as like, it's the foof. I mean, they were like Aerosmith level rock stars where they were just going to, be there forever right. kind of deal fucking Ringo Starr is still alive yeah I just we were talking this yeah. morning it's like Ringo Starr outlived Taylor Hawkins like yep. that sounds really morbid it's like but Taylor Hawkins shouldn't have died man yeah. that sucks no no one knows how he died I guess yet yeah I listened to uh uh, uh Dave was on uh 
Stern show, you know, it's probably a year ago now or whatever, but I was listening to this yeah. interview and he's like talking to he said uh he was hanging out at uh Paul McCartney's house, uh, and they were like having pizza and like Taylor Swift was there and like uh they, they just like jammed and like played, you know, and stuff. Like I was just like I think I heard this interview. I'm like, what the like, is this real? Like, yeah. this is like, this doesn't sound like a real story. Like that, you know, Dave Grohl, Paul McCartney, and Taylor Swift are just, you know, yeah. <laughs> hanging out eating <laughs> I pizza. Guess and like, what I don't they know. Do. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. It was just, uh, but yeah, it was just funny listening to his story. I'm just like, yeah. but I think he was pretty self aware. I think that's what makes him so down to earth is that they're very self aware guys because he was self aware enough to realize, like, what a crazy situation I'm finding myself in right now kind of deal. And not a lot of people right. would like tell those kinds of stories again. Like it's just it's just yeah. they've been in that life for so long and like that's just what they expect. But Dave Grohl and that whole group, it just seems like they still have yeah. their feet pretty well planted, if not on the ground, pretty close to the ground. Um, and again, are self-aware enough to understand that that lifestyle is fucking crazy yeah pretty wild i need a beer do you want yeah, to get a beer let's do it <laughs> can i get you a keystone sure all right cool how is that keystone uh it tastes like beer <laughs> that's a good answer <laughs> i knew we were gonna cover that at some point yeah. it was it was a bummer man yeah uh yep yeah. let's uh Let's change uh, gears a little bit. Uh, I don't, you know, it's hard to transition out of that, but uh, I. Um, you have to. Yeah, that's a. Uh, but yeah, R.I.P. Taylor Hawkins. Uh, cheers, but, Taylor uh, Hawkins. Yeah, man. Cheers. Oh, he would have loved Keystone. He would have loved a nice yeah. cold Keystone. Do you remember those uh, silly commercials, uh, Keith? Keith Stone. I do remember yeah. those. Um, I've been living in the bush light world now for a few years. All right. And so but, all we've been saying to each other is bush. Bush, bush lattes. Bush lattes. Yeah. That became the new PBR, I yeah. feel like, bush lights. Yeah. Stags are up there now, too, as far as like the, the hipster beer, the number one hipster. I feel like PBR has been kicked down to like number three right. or four. Yeah. Keystone was up there for a bit. I feel like back in my day. <laughs> uh, well, I wanted to ask you some of these uh, questions. Uh, yeah. Get your take on some of this stuff. Uh, uh-uh. All right. Uh, so uh, let's start with uh, we have a, a Gerald Dusick uh, action figure. Okay. Uh, what would you like to see uh, as your like three accessories to go with your, your action figure? Ooh, a Crave case. Nice. Um, a um, let me think here. Uh, a book of matches, <laughs> and a crave case book of matches. I mean, what more do you need? I I guess uh, we'll say a. Uh, of uh, 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 soccer ball. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. You said yeah, like, yeah, I was going to say that too. <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> I mean, you're always, you're always carrying around your soccer ball. I, know, and like, yeah. so. <laughs> I, was, <laughs> I was trying to think of something stupid. Yeah. I didn't want to say guitar. 
That's stupid. <laughs> Soccer ball, crave case, and a book of matches. Yeah. <laughs> Right. Not stupid at all. Okay, cool. Yeah. I like it. That's a good question. Do you uh is 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 there any significance to that? Or do you collect, I know people collect matches, uh met, books of matches are like different. No, no significance no. at all yeah, whatsoever. Just, just thought of that. Yeah. 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 But I, I've seen like uh you know they uh try to you know different bars or clubs or whatever yeah. that, you know they have their own name printed on them. Yeah, my uh my stepdad has a big collection of like um matchbooks and uh like old lighters yeah like old copper brass lighters it's pretty cool pretty cool stuff yeah Yeah. i don't collect anything and i wish i did you collect anything um music memorabilia i have like a whole room of i mean just like uh show posters and records signed signed records and um i have a a five-fold uh derrick husky symbol do you? Uh, yeah. Nice. Crack, crack symbol. Yeah. I have a mini colored death uh, sign drum symbol also. Cool, cool, cool. Or a uh, drum head. Uh, yeah. And then, uh, yeah, I don't know. So it's different. Thing. I have like some cool things like that. That uh, They've been all like, uh, so I just have like a spare bedroom in the house. I've just like been, uh, <laughs> you know, just yeah. to catch all. But uh, yep. when I have the basement uh, studio space and all the other, yeah. when I actually have a proper proper place to d- display everything. And that's oh, when, that'd be uh, cool. That's when all these things will be coming out in storage. And Collections are expensive. And I don't mean the collections themselves. I yeah. mean, like, properly displaying them and right. that sort of deal. I would love to get some kind of collection going. And I've, that's another thing I've thought about for years. But, um yeah. You just gotta again. You just gotta start, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> you just gotta buy something. Right. Yeah. I just. That's mostly what I mean. Like, I had a. Uh, I have a ton of DVDs. Um, Do you? But I don't know. I don't know why I'm holding on to them. Everything. I don't really ever watch them anymore. Not like because everything's on. I don't know. Streaming, but we haven't thrown away a DVD and. I haven't thrown. I don't think I've ever thrown away a DVD. I've, it's I've, like something you don't really think sure. about throwing away. I've still got the VHSs also. Do you? So, I, mean, I don't have many VHSs, but yeah. I got every single DVD I've ever owned <laughs> in my entire life. Yeah. You just don't think about throwing those away. You're All like, right. oh, I'm gonna watch these. Yeah. And like, <laughs> I never do. Yeah. I guess that you're just stuck in the mentality of like you know 20 years ago. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know, but yeah, that's uh, definitely. Uh, that's about all I collect, really, is the music stuff. I got the box box sets, director's cuts of all the Lord of the Rings, and then I have the theatrical release version of every single movie. So I guess I, I that's a collection. It's a yeah. little collection. All right. Ah. Yeah, see? There you go. I got to figure out how to display them. <laughs> all right. Uh, yeah. Uh, all right. What about... Um, uh, you can't top that first question. You can't just top that wait, first man. question. Just you wait. You got a good list there. I don't know. I just, these are all like just silly things I think of sometimes. And you wrote these? No, I didn't write all of them. But okay. Some, but I've added some that I think of sometimes. And That's cool. A lot of these are just impossible th- scenarios to think about. It's a good collection. Yeah. Of hey, questions. Hey, there you go. Wow. All right. What about? Um, now, uh, you've got to work with a lot of cool people already, but uh, yeah. is there a uh, uh, a dream duet or a collaboration you'd like to see for yourself and maybe maybe uh, even in the studio and stuff? Is there... Like, no boundaries sure. as to... That's a dream, man. It's your, your dream. Uh, all right. I mean... We... 
Jerry Cantrell. Yeah. Allison Chains. He seems like another one that's like uh super cool too. Like yep. I um He's my guitar idol, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. I I love everything he's ever done. And I think a lot of people uh I mean, obviously Lane is incredible, uh, but like I don't think people fully realize how much of those vocals are Jerry. Like, yeah, uh, you know. That oh, if you listen to his solo stuff, like, you wouldn't know any better that it's not Allison Chains. Yeah. So, just to your point, like, he's he really. I mean, Lane is Lane. You know, he's a legend. But you're absolutely right. You listen to some of those recordings. A lot of that is. Yeah. A lot of that famous like stacked vocal sound is Jerry, mm-hmm. which is pretty cool. I have a. Some buddies that um, own Sh- Sugarfire, and okay. uh, I don't know. I was like, I don't know if I should. Um, it's not. I wasn't like really a public thing, but either way, I don't think anybody would care. I tell the story. Tell the story, but uh, <laughs> but he posted online. I mean, it was a public thing. So, but he, uh, they like catered or I don't know whatever it was, but they. Like Allison Chains was coming to play the pageant yeah. and had like a day off, and they got they gave them dinner or however it worked out, and uh, and then Jerry's like, uh, "You guys want to go golfing?" And so they went golfing with oh, with Jerry Cantrell and oh uh, my like, god! And so he spent the whole day like just hanging out with Jerry and golfing, wow. and eating barbecue or whatever. Well, they're and, big sports guys. Yeah. Like he's a big like Seattle fan. Like he has a bunch of like Seattle jerseys he wears out. I think he goes to the basketball team. Yeah. Um, I see him p- posting pictures of like him playing playing golf all the time. He's, yeah. I guess, just always been a big sports guy. I just, I mean, like, you know, yeah, it would be cool to, you know, whatever, play guitar with him and do these things and stuff. Yeah. But like, how many people say they get to go golfing with him and yeah. you know these other random, you know, things like that, like something that you wouldn't really expect. But uh, yeah, so I thought that was, I thought that was pretty cool. I've just, I've, I've stylized a lot of my playing off of him because he is like. Because he's rhythm and lead in in a lot of the songs, I think uh, I'm not, I'm, I'm going to blank on their new singer's name. Oh, William new. William Duvall. Yep, Duvall. Um, he's not new anymore. Right. Um, he's been playing with them since like 2005 or something yeah, like something. that. Yeah, it's been a long time. Um, but uh, so he'll William will play rhythm a lot. But I was going to say I I because Jerry has some of the best guitar riffs of all time in my opinion like um a lot of it is kind of rhythmic again just it it just kind of it's totally in tune with my capabilities and what i could do and i've just stylized but then he has like some of the best like high flying solos of all time as well um i don't know man he's he's such a creative writer and he's really clever with his guitar work and again a guy even though he's got this big like white goatee right now. He's just a guy who is just again soaked in like youth. He's just super youthful and like he's a fucking rock star too. Yeah. He like gets up on stage and he wears like leather pants with like flames up the side of them. <laughs> it's like totally cheesy, but it's just cool. Yeah. I don't know. I love most I don't know, kind of grunge guys from that era. Yeah. Um I uh I've got to see him a few different times uh you know, but as uh, with William, never, never, yeah. never, I never uh, did either, you know, not with Lane, but um, that uh, uh but uh, I don't know, yeah, that's a great show every time, and like it's an incredible show every time. I've seen them three, four times, 
Um, first time I saw them, I mean, just blew my mind. I would say them and probably like Muse are probably up there with like, for me, the most impressive like rock live shows I've ever seen in my entire life. Because yeah. Alice in Chains, they were just fucking flawless. Uh, yeah. Uh, I think, I mean, I don't know, uh, you know, maybe kind of bold to put it up there with it, but, um, but that, I just ran into you at that fivefold show at old rock house. Yeah. And God, I mean, that felt so good. Like, yeah, it was, uh, just the energy in the room, the people, I mean, it was like a family reunion and a rock and roll show. Yep. And, uh, but they, uh, Pulled out all kinds of cool tricks along the way. I mean, they they did a lot to put on an incredible show. And they're they're very uh, they're never lo- they haven't lost their edge with pushing things. They're not. None of those guys are okay with getting comfortable with how their show is. And every time they're playing here, putting on a big show in St. Louis. I mean, they're working their fucking asses off yeah. to put a cool new show out there. And, you know, I think it's that edge. That's what carries successful bands. Uh, it's that, it's just that yearning to constantly, um, uh, what's the word? Uh, not revolutionize, but just... Uh, Evolve or yeah, evolve. Something. Yeah, I, don't know. I mean, that's the th- that's how I feel like the the band is constantly uh, changing and like yeah. in, in growing and. Uh, I think that just so. kind of keeps your creative energy up. Yeah, is change, you know, and I think that's what kind of that kind of energy feeds off of is just stimulus, mm-hmm. keeping things new, keeping things fresh, moving things around and stuff like that. And those yeah. guys are just kind of feeding off of that and it's working out really well for them. Yeah. Uh, but that was a, there was a cool moment where like the band left the stage and they lit, uh, and Ryan did a solo acoustic. Yeah. And then that went into, uh, uh, what's a blank on the name now? Uh, won't, won't let go. I think it was maybe. Uh, I think it's won't let go, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, I think I think it was that song. I think it was. Uh, anyway, uh, but so like, and then Ryan, uh, Matt was like playing keys in the back of the room. Yeah. And for the for the beginning of it, I'm looking at the stage. Yeah. And I thought it was just like they they queued up the track. I didn't realize. Oh, Matt's behind me playing keys. Uh, yeah. You know, <laughs> like I didn't. I didn't. Uh, and then I and then I uh, actually don't think I even saw that. Yeah. I didn't even realize uh, that. Yeah, so like Matt's in the back of the room, like you know, with his keyboard set up there by the soundboard. Oh, back by the soundboard? Mm-hmm. Oh, it was. I didn't yeah. see that. Yeah, that's kind of cool. And yeah, it was really neat. And then I didn't notice until because Ryan came through the room, and then when he did that, also the band rejoined the stage. And oh, stuff. I remember when Ryan came through. Yeah, but it was uh, a cool show. Yeah, it was, it was a lot just of fun. A, it was a cool moment. And you said the word reunion, and that's dude. I really like Old Rock House too. Yeah. I think that's a cool little venue, and uh, it's yeah. not even little. I mean, it's like mid size, I guess. I um, caps around four hundred or something. Yeah. yeah, something like that. I would just say that it's uh, it's just set up super conveniently. I would say mm-hmm. um, I don't think I've ever had a bad time in there, um, and it sounds great. Yeah. It really did sound great that night too. They did a great job. Yeah, I love how they. Uh, 
I just love the presentation of the uh, the new music video before the show. I think they've done that a couple times, and they've really timed out their like music video releases really well, mm-hmm. like with shows and stuff like that. And that that was a pretty cool presentation how they started out like that. Plus, there was like some super hot dude right at the end. Uh, like cornbread? The... <laughs> no. In the <laughs> vi- in the video, <laughs> cornbread is super hot. But... It's just super hot. Yeah. I don't know. That's who I thought you were talking right. about. <laughs> uh, I was. Uh, I was. Thrilled to be a part of that. I was a. a oh, you were in the video. I was in a small. Oh, I didn't even see yeah. the end. Of right. I'm sorry, I need to watch it. I, Shit, I didn't see the end I, of it. I was trying to make a joke and. Uh, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> but uh, uh, I was a uh, part of the the last uh, scene in the video. There was a like an um, art gallery moment. So. Uh, oh really? Damn yeah. it, Shane! I gotta watch it. Yeah. I gotta watch the end there. Yeah. Shit. That's a. Uh, uh, yeah, Al, Al was making a joke. Uh, he's like, "Yeah, I think you got more screen time than I did." Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, that's uh, funny. It was cool, man. It was. Uh, and then I watched. Uh, I got to sit in, and as they were doing like the the full the live performance part of the video and stuff. Like, yeah. And so watching them do that, and so it was neat. It was a fun day getting to hang with those dudes, and yeah, uh, they also uh, treated us to some barbecue. So I mean, did yeah. they? Get barbecue and hang out with my dudes. Those and, guys can fucking cook. Yeah. And, I mean, they're making, like, an art form out of it. Yeah. It was, uh... So, yeah, shout out to Fivefold. I'm glad they're back. And, uh... Yeah. And, uh, they, they said they're they're back for good right now. They're, like, uh... Cheers to Fivefold. Yeah, cheers to Fivefold. Check out, uh... Hindsight, wherever you're getting your digital music at, and check out the video. And, watch it till the end. Yeah, watch it till the very end. Uh... All right. Um... Okay, well, this kind of maybe this kind of ties into you cutting the. Uh, f- f- well, you said it was a, more of a, a, a dare or a bet, and uh, but oh, yeah. what about a, a song you wish you wrote? Is there anything that comes to mind that uh, that you think about? Like, man, I I wish. Uh, it's probably a pop song. Yeah, I just I have a real appreciation for pop songs, and um, I would say even like a soft spot for pop songs. Yeah, because. Uh, you know, a lot of musicians will give pop song shit, but dude, it takes so much talent to make a good pop song, a good successful pop song. And I wish I could effectively dip into that genre a little bit, but I can't. There's not one song in particular I'm thinking of, but like pop in general. Um, I just wish I could again, tastefully efficiently effectively dip into that genre yeah. and uh i just don't have the vocal dexterity for it um and even from a producer standpoint um there's some elements i'll pull from that i have a good i have a great appreciation for like well-placed uh like midi synths um which is foundational in pop music i would say and um so i've kind of pulled that from pop music and I think I would say that's maybe something I'm pretty good at. Um, I just wish I could, uh, no shame, dive head first into a pop song and like yeah. pull it off, but I can't. Uh, I think that answers your question. Yeah. Kind of for I the mean, most part. Maybe, uh, maybe you'll get the right artist to challenge you, to push you that. To- yeah. Maybe you'll learn the, the next, uh, whatever it is, to 
open that door yeah. to really dive into that. And, um, I've had a lot of really great conversations with Pat Blair. He's been in the studio a couple times, yeah. and he shares that appreciation with me. And he's he's actually in here working on a uh, uh, cover song for a, a, a pop song right now, and that's actually been a really fun process. And right. uh, that should be coming out soon. So Rocky, Rocky, he's got some new music coming. Yeah. Out. yeah. But again, I've had a lot of great conversations with him about the exact same thing: is just the talent and the work that goes into. Because a lot of people kind of view them as like musical fast food. It's just like in your head and out of your head, but it stays in your head kind of deal. And it takes a lot of work to do that. Right. Um, and some of these writing teams, I was just looking at a uh, the writing credits for a pop song the other day. Um, I think where the, the the disconnect happens is that people will write off the 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 artist who is appearing on the front of the album. But dude, some some of the credits on some of these songs, there was like fifteen writers on one of these pop songs I was reading about the other day. It takes an inc- it takes a fucking army to write some yeah. of these songs. It's an incredible amount of work to put one of these songs out. Yeah, I think it's like kind of a almost to the depending on the song and stuff. But there's like there's like memes of it now. Like it was like a you know something like uh, whatever Bohemian Rhapsody written by uh, yeah. You know, uh, it's that purest classic rock right. mentality. And then, yeah. the, and then there's like single lady or whatever, or something like that from, or whatever it was, or some you know from Beyonce or something like that. And then it was like, you know, the how cheesy the lyrics are or whatever, or the word, the core, and like, but 15 yeah. people wrote the song. Or <laughs> yeah. You know, what it was yeah. like, it was that thing. It's like, uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, I could isolate. Sim- you know, I could do pull that from anything. It could be rock, whatever. It could like, yeah. You know, just if if you want to make your point, yeah, you can you can find ways to make your point. But it doesn't discredit from that the fact that these are still all both of them are great songs. Both, you know, it's like even those cheesy pop songs like Single Ladies, like yeah, you said, where right. the lyrics are just all the single ladies over and over again. Every si- you can think that, but every single millisecond of that song was, um. It, it it was uh, intentional. Yeah. Every single millisecond, it was placed there for a reason. Right. Um, you take one thing out, it's going to change the entire fucking thing. Yeah. It's pretty fascinating. Yeah, I agree. I think uh, there's uh, it's it's a crazy world that I don't know much about either. So I'm, I really don't know much about it. Yeah. But I know. I like I can't do it. I like so. watching that. Uh, you ever watch Songland? You ever catch that show? Oh shit! No. <laughs> uh, it's on. I don't know if it's gonna do any more seasons or not, but they, uh, it was, it's kind of, it's for me, I like it because it's like the behind the scenes of the, like the actual songwriter, uh, you know, that, uh, and they pitch these ideas and then like they get, then they go into the studio with, uh, like Ryan Tedder, uh, from One Republic or Esther Dean, uh, who's done a bunch of huge, uh, like R&B and pop stuff and like, uh, so and then like Shane, um, whatever I uh, forget his last name now, but he's like in the country songwriting world and stuff. Yeah. So like he go, they go into where like these producers and and then like develop and make them this big thing. So, uh, so some of them they completely change, and but it's just like cool to see like the process. But like a guy like Ryan Tedder is just like a, yeah. a mad scientist with this stuff. Like I mean he knows uh, how to make a great pop tune and like and you know what song it was and he was on this fucking song. He's he's got to be making 
just millions and millions and millions. He's wrote all kinds of stuff, yeah. Because he's just one of those guys. I think it's well known now that he just finds himself on like, you know, every other top hot 100 or whatever it is. Um, But uh, it was Stay by Justin. It was a Justin Bieber song. Or it was like featuring Justin Bieber or something like that. But he was on it. I was like, I don't know, dude. You got to know what you're doing if you're. Sure. um, Oh, what was I going to say? It was uh, Hooked on Pop. You ever heard of that? I think it's on, it might be like on Netflix or YouTube or something, but it's about that whole topic of like the science behind pop music. It's a fucking awesome series. Yeah. It's really cool. I'll have to send you a link or something. Right. It's it's pretty fascinating. I think you would probably dig it. Yeah. It's just, again, kind of getting into the nitty gritty of the science and like uh, what a pop song will do to your mind <laughs> as you're listening to it and shit like yeah. that. It's kind of cool. Sure. I don't know. Well, that's the thing. Like the uh, one time... It, you know, even became pop because it's popular music, you know. So, yep. like, but now it, it's become where it's a genre defined like by this certain sounds and things yep. and stuff. I mean, like, yep. so I don't know. It's just like uh, weird how music transitions to what we, what, uh, you know, what people are expecting from a certain things and uh, sounds and what what's hot at the moment, but it's constantly evolving too, just like all this stuff. So, it's like, I think you equate music to moods. Yeah. It's like an extension of your it, it I've always said music is like an it's a tangible extension of your emotions. That's why you can like if you find yourself in a certain situation and you're feeling a certain emotion, you pull up this one song. And that's what pop music does. It's mm-hmm. like it's to like put you in a desired state of mind and it's yeah. kind of like a drug it's which is yeah cool yeah <laughs> which is cool i don't know yeah i agree i think that i mean there's definitely songs i can they're like enhancers yeah, def- yeah. for sure like you know there's if i'm feeling uh you know one to party there's uh, those songs there's that, songs but, for that yeah and if there's I, a song for that if i'm uh you know feeling emotional there's definitely songs that'll make me cry and stuff i'm like yep so it's pretty wild music is pretty sweet yeah yeah that's pretty cool stuff it is i think i'll stick with it yeah (laughs) you should too it's yeah yeah man uh well uh again uh come over here and visit gerald at uh dungeon studios in collinsville illinois uh and uh get you in the studio get uh record some fun stuff in here and, uh, but, uh, so do you like, uh, I mean, obviously, uh, you know, you're doing some podcasting stuff too. You're doing full production from, you know, dry, live drums and everything in here. Yep. You, uh, but you, do you like, uh, do you like having that more of a producer hat, being able to help, uh, create these songs? Like, are you, oh my God. Yeah. You, I get the same like creative satisfaction out of helping someone else get to a desired end product. Uh, as I do writing my own song from start to finish. Yeah. Uh, I maybe even more. Like I just think it's so fun. Um, I just love the whole process, start mm-hmm. to finish. I always have, and I think it's so fun. This has really allowed me to um, to connect with people and work with people in at a level that I didn't really get the opportunity to for a long time. 
uh, with the exception of like, you know, maybe the same people I had been working with over the last decade. Um, I, I just love the, I'm in love with the process. Um, and that's what I'm here for. Yeah. The songwriting and producing process, whether it be my own stuff or um, someone else's. And I'm really looking forward to being a part of as many projects as I possibly can be in here. All it's right. just, it's fun, dude. So if I'm just a, uh... So yeah, I can also just be a solo guy and a guitar, and I can come over here and I oh, can, yeah. I can help you can help me build some cool tracks and yeah, do some stuff like that too. I yeah, and um, I welcome. This is obviously you know one guy could sprawl out in here. Yeah, like right. this is great. Um, yeah, as far as the songwriting, I uh, I do enjoy songwriting, and I think I have over the years developed. A, a fairly good knowledge on how to construct a song, uh, lyrically, uh, just foundationally, uh, structurally. Um, I'm a big fan of stripped down songs. I love doing that. I've always been doing that. And, um, so really any sized song, I know that sounds like such a pitchy thing to say, but man, I do love, I love the big Disney vault, like big, <laughs> ballads love yeah. ballads i've i've written those and i love them to death but i also love the stripped down acoustic guy with like under a smoky lamp like you know what i mean like sure. i dude i love it all and it's just it's just getting to that it's like a story has its own song. It has a beginning, a middle, and an end. I'm not even talking about the actual song lyrically. I'm just talking about even like constructing it. Right. And I love the whole story of how a song um, becomes reality. Yeah, man. No matter what the song is. I really, I just dig the process. And uh, I don't know. I think we've built a pretty cool place in here to uh, accommodate most of that. Again, not a 50-piece orchestra, but <laughs> I don't know. Sure. We can, we can do a lot of stuff in here. Yeah, man. Well, very cool. I'm excited uh, to hear what else you uh, you know comes out of the studio and things. Yeah. And um, one of the other uh, we mentioned Easy Lover, but uh, you said that could possibly be the start of a, a new EP later this year, right? We, yeah, we might. I have. I have. Oh, so I'm I'm really in the demoing stage right now, and I I have like ten tracks. I'm trying to whittle them down. It'll be another EP. I I don't know if I'll ever be able to put out a solo album. That's just so much fucking work. <laughs> it really is, dude. And um, it'll probably probably be an EP, and it'll probably be towards the end of the year. I got some pretty cool music I'm working on right now. Um, but it's really, it's just when I have time. Sure. Um, which who knows? I don't know. Maybe that will like really kind of push me into creative areas I've never been in before. And even just interacting with people, I think even doing that here in the studio, just musically interacting with people, that's going to like, I don't know how that's going to change my music, which I'm pretty excited about yeah, kind of deal. Sure. Um, so who knows? I'm excited to hear just as much as you are how it turns out yeah. at the end of the year so we'll see um yeah man i don't know we're getting uh find uh dungeon studios uh, on your facebook and instagram uh and you have uh artist uh accounts too for right for your music yeah i do but they're mostly for promotional reasons it's yeah. um 
I do have an artist page for on Instagram, I think it is, but it's mostly I'm I'm sharing mostly through my personal pages. Yeah. For the most part. All right. Well, get you, plugged in and yep. we'll let you know when we got some more tunes on the way and everything else, but uh but yeah, man. It's been a fun day. I'm really glad we did this and uh appreciate you having me out and come out all the time. Yeah. It's, I'll pull the table out for you. <laughs> It'll be great. <laughs> yeah. Only the problem is it's like uh I would love to do the show here all the time but it's like yeah. an hour from my house so it's a yeah it's a little uh collinsville's i don't know yeah collinsville's collinsville I yeah guess. well i mean like it's uh it'd be worth the drive uh if i was coming to you know do a track or you know an ep with you and all those things but uh for me doing the podcast uh it's you got a thousand episodes so (laughs) yeah man that's a thousand hours of driving well no it'd be double that to and from right if you recorded a thousand episodes out here but there is casey's pizza so that you know that sweetens the deal um so yeah i've only had their taco pizza are we going to end on casey's taco pizza now oh we can (laughs) but it was delicious it was very very good yeah, I uh, I hope to mention them enough to where the one day they start sponsoring the show. <laughs> right. So yeah, I mean that's kind of part of the deal. Yeah, but uh, good deal. Yeah, I, I mean just give me some free pizza. And yeah, well I'm I'm gladly accept that. So maybe one of these nights, one of these weekends, uh, Casey's Pizza and a magic show. Hell yeah! Now we're talking date night. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, buddy. Cool. Thank you. Thanks, Shane. Appreciate and, it. And uh, I'll see you soon, my friend. See you. Bye, everybody.